With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Seat and update the poll results, then we'll bring in Hall of Famer Chris Mad Dog Russo. Uh, Dan, let's see. Right now we got Bengals 49ers still leading. We're just throwing up there. If you were an NBA All-Star, which team would you want to play on? Uh, team LeBron, Team Giannis. I wish it would have been Durant and LeBron making the picks there. It would have been more fun. Yeah, because it feels like there's a little bit more sarcasm, a little more snark there. Giannis is a nice guy. He's just a nice guy. Giannis is going to be an honor to have you on my team. Durant would be like, bah, this guy's trash. (laughs) Yeah, Durant would be like, I don't want James Harden. You kidding me? (laughs) Chris Mad Dog Russo. You can uh, hear him on Sirius XM Channel 82, and also you can see him on High Heat MLB Network. Mad Dog Unleashed every weekday at uh, 3 Eastern. And starting this Monday, uh uh-oh, Super Bowl trivia is back. Chris, this drives you crazy. Why do you keep punishing yourself? Ah, It's a good Dan, always a pleasure to know how much I love you. Yeah, it does, because they never get these dopey questions right. (laughs) And and not only that, you got to give them an audio as a number four. I mean, after all, you're giving them two great tickets to the Super Bowl, four nights in in the Super Bowl city. You got to make them work for it, and they never get the audio. I mean, remember, we do our own audio. So it's not like you can look up on a UPA, UPI, or an AP soundbite and sort of match the voice. It's our audio. We do the interviews to make it a little trickier. So, yes, Dan, I add the extra hour all week, which means I got to babble to four o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock instead of 6 o'clock, and I got to go into the city to do it. I can't do it at home because you can't have 5 million questions on top of me when I'm trying to do it from my third floor up, up th- upstairs on the third floor, and I'm going to be sitting there Friday at 6.40 trying to give away the last trip. So I have a brutal week. Next week in store. Okay. 100% correct. Give us a sense of the questions that you're you're going to ask or you've already asked. Yeah. No, I'm going to – you know what I'm going to do, Danny? I'm going to give you the questions. Uh-oh. You're, you're a great sports guy, so I am going to give you A, B, C, D. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Here we go. Dan from – wait, wait, wait. Dan from L.A. Wait, 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 Dan from New Milford? Where do you want me to say you're from? Go ahead. Uh, I'll make it better. Ohio. All right. Dan from Ohio, welcome. Hey, welcome hey thanks. Yeah, thanks. First now? time, long time. Hey, hi, hi Chris. <laughs> there you go. All right, here you go, Dan. Here's your chance. Are you a um a Bengal? Are you a Niner? Uh, are you a Niner Bengal fan? Who's your favorite team? Uh, Bengals growing up. Bengals growing up. All right, here, question one. Who was the last running back to be named Super Bowl MVP? Last running back to be named Super Bowl MVP. I've asked it already. It should be easy. Um, I guess I, I would say Terrell Davis comes to mind. Yes! Stop okay. there. Okay. Stop there. Stop there. Okay. I always I always miss the easy ones. Well, that's a good one. And by the way, Todd Fritz and the fellas, if he gets the second one right, get the NFL theme music around. Ooh. Because you always play the NFL music okay. when you get halfway home. Okay. Right. Question two. Name that this is a good one. Name the first, Dan from Ohio, name the first Super Bowl where both starting quarterbacks played college football in the SEC. First Super Bowl, both starting QBs played college football in the SEC. It's a tough one. I'll give you a clue. It was not the same 
SEC school. Different. Okay. So, you know both. Uh, I'll give you another clue. Hall of Famers. Because initially I thought uh, Namath at Alabama, uh, you had quarterbacks. Hmm. Kentucky. That's a good question. Yeah, it is. So the first Super Bowl where both the quarterbacks played college football in the SEC, you're leaning in the right direction with your first guess. Uh, Super Bowl, uh, I won't tell you what Super Bowl number it was, but you know the game, you know the players, hmm. uh, and um, it's one you're going to say, yeah, you're right, I should have gotten that. How about Fran Tarkington? That's correct. Who's the other one? Uh, Snake Stabler. Yes! Yes! Fire up the music! Fire up the music! This is Super Bowl Eleven. Stabler, Alabama. Tarkington at Georgia. Remember Tarkington in the late fifties. Stabler, you succeeded Namath, as uh, our buddy Danny just said. All right, now get the music, Todd. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. All right, I get a trip to Arizona. I'm already going. Okay. Number three. All right. You get a little harder now, Dan, as we move along. Okay. Number three. Name the first quarterback to have two career Super Bowl rushing touchdowns. First QB to have to have, uh, to have two career Super Bowl rushing touchdowns. So that obviously means it's a quarterback who played multiple Super Bowls. Feels like Dan Brady. Brady always had the two. quarterback sneaks. Um, uh, Dan from Ohio is a good contestant. He got the second one is tricky. First one isn't easy. Haven't asked it that much, and here he is. He's halfway home. The first quarterback to have two career Super Bowl rushing touchdowns. Dan from Ohio. That is who. It's not Jim McMahon. See, Dan's smart. He did a little homework. He's not calling on a cell phone driving around Cincinnati. <laughs> no, I. You can see my hands are up. You can see that I'm. I have no help. He doesn't have, you don't. You don't hear him pressing the computer but you, buttons. But you have members who do that. Like yeah, oh, listeners. it drives me crazy. Yes, it drives the marquee crazy when they're pressing the computer buttons and they make me ask the question for the nine millionth time. You are doing it at the top of your head. That's what a good football trivia person does. First quarterback, Daniel, two Super Bowl rushing touchdowns. You know him. Uh, Joe Montana. Yes! Damn! Yes! Wow! That is pretty damn good. Holy smokes. And I gave you nothing. I gave you nothing. I didn't get a hint on that one. No, you didn't. I, I kept thinking, you know... Uh, Elway or McMahon, and, and uh, what made you guess that one, Montana? I I, I, I thought I, you might because say it was the Bengals. It was against the Bengals, and the I didn't. First one. Yeah, I didn't know if you. We had just talked about that game uh, with the Bengals in and Montana. All right, so now this is the audio uh, one. I don't, I don't have. Uh, do we have the audio? Do we have an audio? And I don't know if he's got the audios ready, Todd. Somebody's got to tell me if he's got an audio ready for you. I never thought Dan would get the number four. No, we don't. So uh, the fact that we don't have an don't audio. Don't have one ready. Okay, so that is the sample size of what you do. Now here is the key for the audio, without giving any too much away. You got to look for a theme. So uh, the the audience has to think. Okay, what is this? jerk going to come up with this year with the theme <laughs> the game is in glendale uh you don't know who the participants in until monday so i can't play along there the number was it super bowl 57 dan i think it's 57 is it not yeah yeah so you maybe you come up with the number 57 so i know what the theme is i'm not going to tell you because then it gives it away and then i won't be able to last if i need content mm-hmm. but you get the idea and then you got to come up with the guys to discuss the Super Bowl, and then have them figure out who it might be. But the fact that you got three is a tremendous job. Make them tougher next year, Mad Dog, okay? Well, the first one, which no, one? No, no, it's okay. I'm joking. The second one, 
Dan, Dan, the second one is hard. The second one was very hard, but I kept thinking, okay, who played? You know, it was Tarkington, and at first I went, wait, Ole Miss? No, he went to Georgia. Okay. And then it was Stabler. Okay, Alabama. Okay, that's that was the the first SEC matchup that I could think of with the two quarterbacks. So now, what made you think of Terrell Davis? That's a, you know that's a long time ago. I People was there that. that's at the game. Yeah, I was I was there. Uh, and now, you know what you know you know what's funny about that first one? I wouldn't have guessed that because that's twenty five years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you have thought that there would have been a running back yeah. in the last quarter of a century that won the MVP? Yeah. Yeah. Well, James White should have won it when the Patriots beat the Falcons. They give it to Brady then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. SiriusXM.com slash 2023 Mad Dog Trivia for official rules with Mad Dog Show. Uh, We're talking to Chris Mad Dog Russo, just got into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I've I've listened the last couple of days, and it feels like you can't stay away from Scott Rowland, that topic of going into the Hall of Fame. And... This is. This feels like, and I agree with you on this. This feels like the baseball writers are going. This get re- get used to this. This is what we're going to factor in on the new Hall of Fame candidate. If if Scott Rowland just went by the normal stats we had growing up, he's not a Hall of Famer. But these, you know, WAR and VORP and all of this other stuff, Scott Rowland's almost, he's going to be the poster child. We're going to look back and say, that's when it started. And I agree with you. Jeff Kent's a Hall of Famer. But if you don't want to put him in, then you can't put Scott Rowland in. So we're on the same page with this. Wow, look at that. Yeah, uh, the consistency angle is what bothers me. I mean, uh, I don't know how you separate Rowland and Kent. Kent only gets 46% of the vote on his 10th year. Furthermore, doesn't it bother you, Danny, that in his first year in 18, Roland only had 10%, 10% of the vote? Yeah, yeah. How do you go from 10% to in in four years? I don't understand that. Has that happened to anybody? Like, what's no. the lowest? The That's lowest... the lowest ever. Lowest ever. And what happens is the writer, and one writer told me, hey, you know what? We just didn't vote for Roland that first go round because we knew he wasn't going to get in. I go, well, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Well, you didn't the first year, but now you do? Like, what happened? You just ran out of good candidates this year? I guess- did, Derek Jeter, did Derek Jeter have 10% of the vote his first year of eligibility? Hmm. How about Mariano? Did yeah. Mariano have 10% of the vote? Did yeah. they say, you know what? We got too many guys in the ballot, so let's make t- – we won't vote for Mariano this year. 10%? I can see if Roland had 40%, 50%. All right, he made a jump. That's been done. But, Chris, 10%, let me ask you ridiculous. this. What if I said – you can either look at all the stats or you can't look at any stats and you decide who's going into the Hall of Fame. So right now, you can't factor in anything with Billy Wagner other than I'm going to go Billy Wagner Hall of Famer. Well, I would say no because I would go eye test and I'm going to remember the bad games in the postseason. Okay. Uh, Todd Helton. Uh, Well, I'm I'm going to be anti Coors Field. Because we all know that was a huge advantage, you know, Galarraga and all those Dante Bichette. Why isn't it still great. an advantage, Chris? Say again, I'm sorry. We don't hear about Coors Field being an advantage the way it was when you had, you know, those those great Rocky teams. hundred percent. And, you know, uh, without looking at the stats, doesn't it bother you a little bit that Helton hits 287 lifetime outside of Coors Field and he's got 140 homers? Yeah. I mean... Hernandez hit 296, and he's got 150 homers. Put him in the Hall of Fame. So I have a problem with Hilton, too, and he's going to make it. Look at his vote. Was he yeah. 71%? Yeah. He's going to get in. Yeah. He's going to get in. But you know what? I And we brought this up. Scott Rowland wasn't a star. And he was just a plug-and-play, very good, Reds and Cardinals and, you know, whatever. You know, Dale Murphy was a star. Don Mattingly, star. Yes, but they was. didn't have the numbers. But if you said, hey, Don Mattingly's going in because of contributions to the game or the star power, what he did, you know, he missed probably two more years than he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Dale Murphy hits 400 home runs. We might look at him differently than 398, as crazy as that's going to sound. So we don't have star power now. How many, uh, how many players think- would, would your kids go, Dad, I got to go watch him play? Aaron that's Judge. An excellent point. Um, Shohei Otani. Yep. Not many. Yeah. But you, Trout, Trout. 
I don't, you and I, I don't know. I don't think Trout brings people out. You don't think so? No. He's a uh, great player. He, he's, I understand what you're saying. He's, uh, but I, here is basically what you're saying is, did Scott Rowland ever sell a ticket? <laughs> yeah. I am, did, 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 did my child, who's a good baseball fan, did he say, hey, Dad, Rowland's in town. Can we go to a Met game at, Yank, at, at City Field to see Scott Rowland play? And the answer is absolutely not. And you know what the problem with the Hall of Fame, Dan, is? It's become the Hall of Fame of the very good. It's not when you and I grew up. It's not the Hall of Fame of the great, and, well, or the immortal. You know, Bri- Bryce Harper personality. Bryce yeah. Harper has star power there. Yes, he and, does. And maybe that's not fair, but I I've maintained for a while now. If you have the Hall of Fame and you think of it as penthouse, third floor, second floor, first floor, then I don't think we're as offended. If Scott Rowland is in the first floor. And Babe and all the other legends are at the penthouse. And then maybe on the third floor, you have certain guys, second floor. So you got in your first floor when you go to, you know, Cooperstown. Scott Rowland's over here and, you know, whatever other guys, you know, Bruce Suter's over here. It's not the same. You're in the building, but it's not the same. That Does that take away a little bit of the, well, he's no Babe Ruth or he's no Hank Aaron? Because I think that's what bothers us. Like, they're going to be included in that Hall of Fame class. And there are, there are guys who shouldn't be. Yeah, you and I are on the exact same page. You and I are on the exact same page. Rowland's a very, very good player. And I like this statistic that I used this week. How many balls do you think were hit to Rowland? They bring, they bring up the defense in the seven gold gloves. How many balls during the course of a week, let's say he played six games, that he gets, that he makes a play on, that no other third baseman in the sport makes a play on? If you're going to tell me three, that's a lot because lots of times he doesn't get a ball hit to him the whole game. So if you're going to tell me in six games, every other game, he makes a play at third base that not another third baseman in the world can make a play on. Let's say I'd be fair to you and I'll give you three. How many at bats does he have during the week? Six games, somewhere between 24 and 28 at bats. So he's got 24 to 26 at bats, say, and he gets three balls hit to you. Would you rather have the guy that can make the maybe the three plays ground balls, or would you rather have the who's who's better there, or would you rather have the guy who's the better offensive player who's got twenty three more chances to get up to the plate to get a big hit? I'd rather have the offense myself. Would you? Wouldn't you rather have the offense? In well, in today's game, absolutely. And and that's where Kent lines in. All right, we understand he's not as good as Ronald defensively. He's got more homers. He's got more RBIs. He's got more runs scored. He's got a 10 points better batting average, and he won an MVP, yeah. which Roland never did. And I, a tougher ballpark to hit in, too. Very good point. I was just going to bring that up. In, in that boy, good job, Dan. In that ballpark with L.A. and San Diego and those, oh, God, draw me nuts. I got to tell you right now, it's funny. The writers think they are changing the way here, but the only people they're annoying – of the old guys. My 20-year-old doesn't care if Scott Rowland's in the Hall of Fame. The 50-year-old does. I know. Yeah, I don't know the if it's as big old... a deal. Yeah. They, you know, the 20-year-old doesn't care if Bonds gets in. or No, it doesn't care. You know, it, it doesn't it's care. not going to bother them, but like Manny. and It bothered me that Schilling didn't get in. Because whether you like it, I don't, you know, I don't like Jeff Kent's personality, but that's not factoring into this. I love Dale Murphy's personality. That doesn't factor into this. All I know is certain guys, you just go, he, Kurt Schilling was a Hall of Famer. Absolutely was. 11-2 and two in the postseason. I'll tell you somebody else that I've done a lot on that I think is a Hall of Famer that I, you may have heard me say it, that I am shocked he's not in. How was Steve Garvey? Not we brought it up. We, we, we did 30 minutes on him uh, two days ago. He, he had 11 all-star appearances. I think he's got the most all-star. He would be Robert Redford not winning an Academy Award. It's like, you know, that guy, over the course of his, he might have been just too good-looking, Chris. You well, know? I'll tell you something else. You know, he played in 55 postseason games. 55. <laughs> he had 220 at-bats. You know what his batting average was? 338. Yeah. With 11 homers. Yeah. Now, hold on now. 
Here's a guy that won an MVP. He had 200 hits. He played in what, 1,400 games before he broke his finger that year? That broke, you know, the slide to the plate. He he was a great postseason hitter. He was on iconic teams. Yep. He played for 12, 13 years in a row. And this guy's not in the Hall of Fame. I and mean, he, and he played yeah, in a big I, market. You know, you you would think that playing in L.A. that that would be reason. You know what? How about we work on this together? You know, what Steve Garvey you. project? We're going to get him in. I, you know, I tell you right now, he comes on with me all the time because he knows I go out there and brace him. <laughs> so when I need him, he comes on. That's important. Yeah. Uh, good luck with the trivia. And Boys, who do you like in the games this weekend? By the way. Well. Uh, I just think the Bengals are, uh, they're a really good team. Like, it's a solid team. It's not Joe Burrow. Um, that's a really good team. And to be back here knocking on the doorstep, I, I like them. I like the, I like the road teams. I, I like the Niners. I, I just, it feels like that's the, oh, by the way, other game. Nobody talks about that game. Everybody talking about Mahomes versus Burrow. And that might be a better game, Niners versus the Eagles, as far as... You're not, worried, you're not worried about Purdy on the road? I am. I am. But this is where I rely on Kyle Shanahan. He's got to coach him up. All he has to do is play average. Dak Prescott played below average, and that's why they lost. If he plays average, they win that game. I agree with you. But if, you and I are on the same page all day. Who yeah, would have thought? Who would have thought? You, you know, and I spent 15 minutes together, and we're thinking along the same oh ways today. Oh, my God. What happened good to my job. career? What's going on here? I'm... That's a good point. You better double-check where you're going <laughs> if you're agreeing with me. For Dan, Dan and the dog. Yeah, that'll be great. You don't need Mike Francesa. I got you. Yes. I got you Yes. You got all kinds of friends. Stephen A. Smith, you don't need anybody. You got enough. Always a player. You're the best. Thank you, Chris. Good to talk to you. I'll be listening. Thank you, buddy. Chris Mad Dog Russo. Uh, SiriusXM.slash 2023 Mad Dog Trivia. All right. Grant Tarkington. Nice, Paul. I was a Vikings fan. I love the Vikings. They were always the underdogs. I'm exhausted. Can I go home now? I feel like I put in a full day after that. One more hour. One more hour. I got Nick Wright. Coming up next hour. What could go wrong? Uh, see what I did with that, Todd? Oh, right Nick and wrong. Ryan, yeah, okay. Okay. Bloop. <laughs> Thank you. Is that a bloop board? Back again? after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The original light beer, 1975. Miller Light. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Light, my friend, right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's, you can't debate it. I would try it. I would no, lose. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We made it to the final hour on this Meat Friday, and it's quite a Meat Friday. Morale is high. Just went out to check on the beer brats, the hot sausages, the corn dogs, and buffalo chicken dip. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Nobody. Final hour, Mike Florio on the job openings. Is Sean Payton going to coach, or is he going back to TV? Uh, Nick Wright from Fox Sports, first things first, will join us as well. Carolina Panthers go with Frank Reich, but not without a little drama there. Steve Wilkes, who did a wonderful job, he is uh, on the outside looking in. What happens now? He's the interim head coach. Frank Reich comes in, usually brings in his own staff. As Steve Wilkes, who rescued that franchise, now out on the street here. You got Eagles and uh, the Niners. Uh, not many people talking about this matchup. It's not as sexy as the uh, Chiefs and the Bengals, but the, the Niners are getting two and a half. The Bengals are now a one-point underdog. It's been a wild ride, and I thought that you would see the fluctuation that it would go back to Kansas City being the favorite after we saw the video. And when you're looking at uh, you know Patrick Mahomes with his workout video where they're just – basically getting loose and stretching. If you're running north and south, you're okay with that high ankle sprain. When you go east-west, especially when you're trying to run fast at your top end speed and somebody's going after you, that's when it's going to be different there. But uh, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if this went up even a little bit more in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp.danpatrick.com, Twitter handle, at dpshow. Conflicting reports on Sean Payton, does he want the Denver job? Does, uh, does Denver want him? Is there an issue with a power struggle potentially in the ownership group? Because Sean Payton said that's not the case. Mark Maskey, the NFL reporter for uh, uh, the Washington Post, said otherwise. Let's bring in Mike Florio, our good buddy from Pro Football Talk Live and uh, Football Night in America. Let me start with Sean Payton. I threw it out last week. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he just went back to TV here if he surveyed all these jobs and went, eh, you know what, I'll take another year to kind of see what's going to open up next year. Where do you think we stand with Sean Payton? Yeah, I was told a couple of weeks ago, Dan, it's 50-50 whether he coaches this year or next year. He hadn't done any interviews yet. And the reality is if you don't coach this year, you're not going to make the money you would have made coaching this year. That goes away and it never comes back. But you've got to find the right spot. And I think one of the practical impediments, the four teams interested in him all had entrenched general managers and it is our human nature to protect our backyard in comes sean payton with an inclination to take over you necessarily have less juice as the gm of the team that's been a very real factor in all of this so when you aren't getting perhaps the power you thought you would get the money may not be close to the 20 to 25 million dollars we've heard attached to payton all the way back to last year when the Dolphins were ready to hire him and got busted for tampering with him and Tom Brady, maybe you do wait a year. Maybe there is no job that just screams out to you, I've got to have this job, especially with a possibility that the Chargers job maybe comes open next year if there's another failed season with Justin Herbert at quarterback, because I would imagine any candidate wants that job if that job comes open. Dan Quinn going back as the defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. What do you make of that move? Well, I suggested initially that he decided to go back after he realized he wasn't going to have an opportunity to go anywhere else. And I was told privately that he wasn't out of it with these other jobs. He just decided it was the right thing for him. It just seems odd to me. And this is a point Peter King made earlier today on our show. The idea that he would go through those interviews, distract himself at a time when he should have been preparing for the 49ers offense. Why go through that? Peter said the interview with the Colts was four hours. Why go through that if you really aren't interested in taking the next step up? And maybe he learned something through the process where he said, I'm fine where I am. Mm. Maybe he's the wink, wink, nod, nod successor to Mike McCarthy. I don't know. But it's just odd to me when you go through the process and don't wait for a final answer before making your decision. But then Mike McCarthy said Jerry Jones once seemed to coach as long as Tom Landry coached. Maybe he meant as long as Tom Landry coached after Jerry Jones bought the team. <laughs> he'd be 85, Dan. I, I know. He'd be 85 <laughs> if he coaches as long as Landry did. 85. 
Uh, explain the Carolina situation here with Frank Reich getting the job. His daughter was hired earlier by the Panthers, and then Steve Wilkes is on the outside looking in. Well, and let me start there with Steve Wilkes. The statement that was issued by his lawyer yesterday makes it clear that the Panthers are going to be invited to the pending lawsuit that has five or six teams already joined in it with Brian Flores, Steve Wilkes, and Ray Horton alleging racial discrimination. But the element here will be that Steve Wilkes wasn't hired in whole or in part because of the fact that he joined arm in arm with Brian Flores to stand up to the shield, to say you have employment practices that are wrong. And it's amazing how many people don't realize it's illegal to hold that against someone. That's protected activity under the law. You have the right to address grievances against your employer in court, and they can't hold it against you. They can't not choose you for the head coaching job for any reason tied to that. And when you look at Reich, you look at Wilkes, you look at what Wilkes did, it, the, the Panthers had better be able to explain persuasively why they chose not to continue with Wilkes. And here's how Reich's daughter factors into it, because it's not about nepotism. Nepotism's rife in the NFL. But she announced she was working for the Panthers about 90 minutes after the final game of the regular season on a Sunday. I guarantee you that if and when the Panthers are joined to this lawsuit, still Steve Wilkes' lawyers will delve into every nook and cranny, emails, text messages, aggressive deposition questioning. When did you know? Did you know? Did you know when she went to work that Frank Reich was already targeted? Because that goes to the whole idea of the sham interview. The owners know before they even start the process who they're going to hire. And all of the interviews, including the Rooney Rule interviews, are just check the box to comply with league policy. I know that uh, sometimes we don't let facts get in the way with like Nathaniel Hackett getting the job as offensive coordinator with the Jets, which obviously means that Aaron Rodgers will then go to the Jets. Right, Mike? Anything to this? Well, Dan, I firmly believe last year that the Broncos, when they hired Nathaniel Hackett to be the head coach, thought they had a very good shot at Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think it was a coincidence that just within an hour or two after Rodgers announced he was staying with the Packers for 2022, the Broncos had a deal in place for Russell Wilson. I think Rodgers was plan A and Wilson was plan B. So the Jets have come out and said they're looking for a veteran quarterback. Aaron Rodgers potentially is available. It's not something you just snap your fingers and do. You've got a huge cap number that's got to be dealt with. The Packers are going to want something in trade. First, Rodgers has to decide he even wants to play. But obviously, the presence of Nathaniel Hackett would make the Jets more desirable than they would be if he wasn't there. But there's a lot of decisions Rodgers has to make before he even gets to the point where he's assessing where he would play next year if he plays for a different team. I just assumed last year he got to the brink and decided, I'm just staying in Green Bay. And I don't know why he wouldn't just decide to stay in Green Bay this year. He's going to make nearly $60 fully guaranteed if he says to the Packers, I'm here, I'm staying, deal with me. Tom Brady was testy with Jim Gray, but I kind of viewed that maybe different than most people. I thought it's... I'm going to come out and be angry at my friend Jim Gray just to let people know that I haven't spoken to any other team right now. Exactly. (laughs) You're you're absolutely right. First of all, Dan, the the podcast is pre-recorded. They could have taken that part out, right? (laughs) Or re-recorded it. Like, hey, ask me again. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't even ask him, what are you going to do? He said, do you have a timetable? Dan, we saw what happened last year. He was going to Miami. He and Peyton were going to Miami. And then it all hit the fan, and the Dolphins lost a first-round pick, and that was that. I think this was his way to throw everyone off the trail now, that he's talking to other teams, they're talking to him, it's all tampering violations. He needs to be able to talk to them now so he can make a decision in March. Is Miami in play? Is Miami in play with Brady? What's that? Miami in play? From his perspective, they're definitely in play. From the Dolphins' perspective, they get very upset when you suggest that because I think they don't want to complicate Tua's ongoing recovery from his latest concussion any more than they already have by giving any credence to the idea that they're looking for another quarterback. So I think the Dolphins are going to be very quiet about it, and they already got stung last year with tampering. But Brady, 
I believe is at least interested in evaluating the possibility. Why wouldn't he be? They, they've they've got plenty of pieces in place where he could go and play, play well, and contend for a championship. Explain what you were hinting at with the title games, maybe in the future being played at neutral sites or on, or on different days. I think you said Sunday or Monday. Like, where are we headed with the, the potential for a neutral site title game? Well, there's only so many places in the pizza that the NFL can cram the cheese. And there are certain revenue opportunities that you can take advantage of without increasing your cost by a single penny. And this whole neutral site thing, for me, the moment, Dan, was last Friday. Right about now, when the league issued this announcement of 50,000 tickets sold in 24 hours to a neutral site Bills-Chiefs game, half to Bills season ticket holders, half to Chiefs season ticket holders. And I thought, you know, they're telling us where this is going. They're doing their victory lap preemptively, so we all understand that at some point in the future, there's going to be a push for neutral site conference championships. They want the college big game atmosphere when you tune in and you've got sad reaction from Texas fan, sad reaction from Alabama fan. They're all in the same place, 50-50 in their team's colors. It doesn't happen at the Super Bowl because that's a destination. You get your tickets before you even know who's going. Hey, I'm going to the Super Bowl this year. I don't care who's in it. I'm going to the Super Bowl. Destination conference championship means wow. half the state, like the old sitcom premise where they put the tape down the middle of the room. That's what the NFL is looking for. And people hate it. But what's going to happen if they do it? We're going to not watch it? Just like the Sunday-Monday possibility to split it up. Because I'd love to just focus on 49ers-Eagles Sunday and then worry about Bengals-Chiefs Monday. But fans don't like it. But if the NFL sees a way to make more money doing it that way, they will. Have a great weekend, Mike. Thanks for joining Thanks, us. Dan. That's Mike Good Florio, talk. Pro Football Talk Live, and the show that precedes ours on Peacock with Chris Sims. Yeah, he's right about it. If you can sell those tickets, now granted, you got to have those great fan bases that are willing to travel. And uh, the Bills, the Chiefs, if they were going to play in Atlanta, uh, I get it. I mean, it's it's all about business. But I don't. I I mean, I don't want to see a Sunday and then a Monday. I I still like them on the weekend. I like that better. But any any chance to open up new revenue doors? That's what the NFL is looking at. Yeah, Paul. I think if the NFL opens up, like the topic comes out that they're actually looking at it, and the AFC, NFL, NFC title games at neutral sites, they're going to get roughed up. Because one of the great things in sports, because nobody can go to the Super Bowl. Most home fans can't go to the Super Bowl. The cost, the travel, the short notice. But you can go to the AFC title game if your team's in it. No, no. You can go to the NFC title game. No, I know. And that will, they will get crushed on this one. But all they care about is making money. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden it becomes, that's what happens. It's a neutral site. Yeah, Seton. But most people can't go to their home team's games. Yeah. If I wanted to take my wife and my kid up to a Patriots game, it's $1,000 minimum. Easy. Who the hell could? Nah. And then you're going to have to spend more to go on the road to get to the game. To spend a few thousand dollars. Yes, Mark. And what's the, like, the purpose of, like, um... Uh doing well in the in the uh in the regular season. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, we can host a divisional game. Right. And then that's it. Yeah. And if we got to go to Atlanta. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, Florio brought this up. I don't know, you know, how much traction it has, but just the fact that you could see that they were going to do this. It was going to be the Bills and the Chiefs in a neutral site. They were going to go to Atlanta. So it was going to happen. Granted it was only for this year because of what happened with, you know, the Bengals and Bills in Cincinnati. Uh, let me see. JJ in Texas. JJ, what's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Dan and Dan Ant. Happy Meet Friday. Thank you. Um, first time, long time, uh, five, ten and a half, two forty-five and a half-ish plump. Uh, I haven't heard anybody talk about on Mahomes' injury. Key, if you go back and look at it, I'm not saying he's trying to hurt him. But if you watch him, he pulls his left, he bends his left knee and makes sure all of his weight lands where it could hurt him. Well, no, there are people who've said that it, it looked intentional. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a gruesome injury. Those, those injuries do happen in the course of a game, but, yeah, there were people who were singling out the Jags for trying to hurt Patrick Mahomes. 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cincinnati Bengals uh, certainly spotlight that injury and maybe tug on it if they can, twist it a little bit if they can. Yeah, Paul. I'm watching the play again, and one of the linemen is trying to pull him down. The other's trying to pull him a, a different way. They're pulling him two different ways. But both of them let their hands go so they don't get that throwing the quarterback penalty. It's more so that their weight kind of twisted Mahomes. Let's take a break. Nick Wright's going to join us. A few things to talk to him about. And uh, we'll get to more phone calls as well in this Meet Friday. We're back after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis. And together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right. Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It's the part I wanted to be involved in. The O-E-O-E-O jungle of. Yeah, Paul. Morris Day in the Time. Yeah. Purple Rain. See America's biggest skating stars at the Toyota U.S. Figure Skating Championships uh, January 26th through the 29th, NBC, USA, and Peacock, where you can watch this program. You can download the app. You can watch for free. He's Nick Wright, First Things First co-host on Fox Sports 1, and he uh, joins us on the program. Where do you want to start? Well, you listen, let's deal with the elephant in the room. You're very, very mad at me. When I think once you get the full context, you'll be very, very proud of me. Okay. I think you will say, this is why I have taken young Nick Wright under my wing. Okay. Because this is the type of broadcaster and friend he is. Okay. But would you like to set it up? Would you like to okay. get the context? Okay. So I won the Marconi Award, which is the biggest award you can win. It's for the national uh, radio host. And uh, Nick was at the ceremony, was going to go up and accept it. And, uh, you know, there was a connection there because we put in a clip from an interview that we did with Nick. So he was part of the uh, tape that we submitted. And I thought, you yeah. know what? Let me thank him. I got a miniature Marconi and I sent it to him, surprised him to say yeah. thank you. Next yes. thing I know, I get an email or Fritzy does. He goes, uh, Nick gave away your Marconi. It was on a radio interview in Boston and he gave it away. And then I text Nick and I said, I gave it to you as a gift, a thank you. You gave it away as a joke. I hope you gave away the watch that I gave you as well. Okay. Well, first of all, I'd never give the watch away. Sell it 
Maybe. <laughs> but never give it away. Okay. But you have a few of the – so I was at the Marconi's with Danny Parkins, who hosts Afternoons on the Score in Chicago. Okay? That's important context. Okay. I wasn't on a radio interview in Boston. I was on Danny's radio station in Chicago when this came up. Okay. So now this is where I think. So he was nominated. He didn't win because Greg Hill from Boston won. I don't know what they submitted. That's outrageous. <laughs> but doesn't matter. Okay. So this is where I think you will say, you know what, Nick? You, it was a good move. Okay. So Danny, about a month ago, I don't know if you'll like me saying this, but you know what? We're all friends here. Was dealing was in some contract negotiations, and you know how those radio negotiations can at times get contentious. And he never wanted to leave Chicago. He was never planning on leaving Chicago. But I told him, "Hey, we got to You know, you need as much leverage as possible. So some big boys come out and try to hire you. Maybe we can get the dollars up or something." So he made. So I was like, "You'll probably have like a Zoom interview at some point with someone you already have on the resume nominated." For a Marconi, but you can't put on it. You want it, but what if in the background there is the there is a Marconi statue, mm. and they're like, "Oh, he just didn't update the resume. He won a Marconi. They're not going to Google it." I was like, "So you just have that there until this contract stuff gets taken care of, and then send it back to me." So that's what he's doing, and you know, you can hear him on the score in Chicago. You can hear him on First and Pod, a great podcast he does with Andrew Filipponi. He's a great radio host who now his he's got two small children. Just bought a house in Chicago. He's got a great new contract. So you're, it, it, that is what we call paying it forward. You did something nice for me. I did something nice for him. Now it comes back to me. Probably shows up on eBay in a few months. But you didn't convey that as a radio host, as a journalist. You didn't convey the story accurately to Fritzy. Therefore, Fritzy conveyed it to me. Well, so listen, I didn't convey anything to Fritzy. I sent Fritzy a link. Now, if you're saying that the folks who are currently on the sports media beat, that maybe they need to dust up on some journalism classes, that's, you know, that's for you to say. All I did was send Fritzy a link to a story that had been written. I said, show this to Dan. I didn't vouch for it. I didn't do any of those things. And let me tell the audience something else. Dan sends texts with odd punctuation and weird emojis. And I can never tell, is this because he's old and confused or is he sad? And I got this text the other morning and I'm like, I think I hurt my friend's feelings. <laughs> and so I was really anxious about this. Well, um, I did send it when he goes, are you mad or are, are you jealous? Are you upset at me? My, my, yeah. my insides are turning upside yeah, that's down. What I, I was worried. And then I go, even the clown. Has tears, Nick. That's what he wrote. <laughs> he said even the clown has tears. I'm like, what does that mean? And then I saw I don't even know. I saw Fritzy today and I go, I got him. And he goes, What? You got me. And I told him, I said, Oh yeah, he's all he's a mess now. Because I didn't respond a mess. to him. <laughs> you didn't respond. He just left me on red. I did. I'm I like, did. oh no. I did. Uh, I did. And this and this all uh, let me give one more piece of context, then we can talk football and basketball and everything. Okay. This all you had six hours prior asked if I wanted to go to dinner. Yes. And and you know what? I'll tell you this because you'll like it. But I have, I'm going to dinner with uh, Coach Eric Mangini and his wife tonight, so I couldn't. Uh, my wife's coming with us. It's a little double date. I said to my wife, I was like, ah, Dan invited me to dinner, but I can't because we have Mangini's. Do you know what my wife said? My wife, who we don't have to go down that road again. She said, I'll go with him. Oh, boy. I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm going to break that Marconi in half. When Dude, I, I am playing the long game with your wife. I'm just, <laughs> just letting you, I'm just letting you know. Jono, yeah, she loves love just like I do. She loves uh, love. Okay, go all right. uh, He's Nick Wright. He's our good buddy from yeah, Fox Sports 1. We're all good. We're all good. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we are. We are thank good. But, man, I wanted, I wanted you to grind over this big time. I was. Okay, I was why is Mahomes being disrespected in your mind? Well, this just, I just, and people, people evidently want to treat the best quarterback in the world title like it's the heavyweight championship crown. Like if you lose to a guy, he just gets it. And I had to listen all year long about how it's Mahomes Allen, Allen Mahomes, who knows, this guy might be better. And it was nonsense. 
Total, complete nonsense. And I was called a hater for saying Josh Allen isn't even the second best quarterback in the world. Joe Burrow is. And everyone thought the Bills were going to roll the Bengals, except for me when I correctly predicted the Bills season for the third year in a row. (laughs) And then the moment the Bills lose, now it's uh, Mahomes Burrow, Burrow Mahomes. Who knows? I guess we'll see if they... It's so that's the first reason it's nonsense. Second reason nonsense this, Dan. I want to give America a very quick lesson of what Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs has meant. His first year in the playoffs. 24 fourth quarter points and three fourth quarter comebacks against Bill Belichick's defense, including a drive with in less than 30 seconds of forced overtime. They don't get the coin flip, they lose. They didn't like Buffalo go crying to the commissioner, change the rules, change the rules, took their medicine. The next year, three double-digit comebacks, including 21 points in less than six minutes of the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl against the league's best defense. Then next year, back in the Super Bowl, and has the Tampa Bay Bucks, I tweeted out the video of it, in awe on the sideline as he's throwing passes horizontal to the ground, bouncing off guys' face masks. The next year in the playoffs was last year. They scored 42-42-21 in the first half, and then Mahomes had his version of LeBron's 2011 Finals short-circuited for a half a football, lost him the game. And then this year, he has a damn flu game, except it's a sprained ankle game. People are like, "Ah, I don't know if Joe Burrow beats him. He's a better player. Give me a break. Give me a break. And Mahomes is going to go put on a show this weekend. Well, you also have to factor in that Mahomes has had one good quarter in eight quarters in the Super Bowl. That's okay, but it's not true. It's flatly not true. Watch the Bucs game again, Dan. He was brilliant. He was brilliant, and passes are being dropped. Watch, go to my... It doesn't, the, no, we don't do that. You don't go, oh, you know what, the, the receivers... Do you do this for any other quarterback? When you go back in time, you go, boy, man, they lo- they dropped all of those passes, or he would have uh, you know, won that game. You're doing it for Mahomes. I mean, you're blurring the lines here. That's his team. They dropped the ball. What happens, you know, you're, you're trying to no, make it seem like Mahomes was unbelievable. He had two touchdowns, four picks. I'm not in two Super Bowls. I'm not blurring any lines. His quarterback rating is is 64 in the Super Bowl. He's not been great. Now you can say his teammates didn't help him. Well, we can say that about a lot of quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. What's your favorite Tom Brady? What do you think is the most impressive Tom Brady Super Bowl, Dan? What's the best one? There's only one. There's so many. No, the 28 to three comeback is the answer. That's what everyone would go to. He threw a pick six in that game to get down 28 to three and then led the comeback. The idea that we're going to act like coming back from down double digits with six minutes left against the league's best defense and then winning by double digits is not a wildly impressive Super Bowl performance against the Niners is nonsense. Now, you want to say he underachieved against the Bucs? I think the film disagrees. But despite that passer rating that you just mentioned in the Super Bowl, the guy's played in 12 playoff games, has the all-time best passer rating in the, in the postseason, the all-time best touchdown interception ratio in the postseason, the all-time best yards per game in the postseason. So what I'm here telling you is he is an all-time legendary postseason performer, and now people are doubting what he's going to look like on Sunday. Oh, That's I, he's in his own category. I asked the question earlier this week, quarterback you want to start your team with, we took Mahomes out of the conversation. He's in of his course. own well, then, conversation. Yes, but I'm just saying he's not everything that you're saying he is. He's not. In the Super Bowl, he's not. And and we are welcoming somebody to come in to the conversation. That's what this what that's what Burrow is about. He's can we have somebody in the conversation because nobody is in the conversation. Josh Allen's not, Justin Herbert's not, Jalen Hurts isn't. Is Joe Burrow at least going to make this a fun conversation? And I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll be very quick here. Okay. I have all year said Joe Burrow's the second-best quarterback in football. What frustrates me is the lack of consistency from my media colleagues who all year long said Allen and Mahomes were neck and neck and were putting Burrow down with Herbert down in a different tier. And then Why don't Joe you Burrow- name names? Call out who did this. Literally everyone but me. Literally <laughs> everyone in the media but Nick Wright. That's the names. Okay. Um, we're on the same page with uh, LeBron with what LeBron is doing. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm amazed that this isn't bigger. I know that it's going for Kareem's record, but nobody has had this. Nobody's had a season like this. 
and LeBron is doing this on a nightly basis, and he has to because Anthony Davis isn't there. It, I don't know. It, it just I'm trying to figure this out. It, you know, why? I can tell you it's the protection of Michael Jordan. I mean, that's all it is. It's it's you can't. This was a record, Dan. In the last 55 years, here are the people who have held the title of NBA's all-time leading scorer. I'll give you the full list. It'll take a while. <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. That's the list. Yeah. Kareem set this record or broke the record before LeBron was born. It was considered unbreakable up to six years ago. People thought it couldn't be broken. LeBron's going to break it by... 4,000 points, 5,000 points, 6,000 points. And the reason I say it's the protection of Jordan is when the timeline goes long enough, folks are going to be like, okay, so tell me the argument. Explain to me why Jordan's the greatest. They're going to be like, oh, winner. It's like, oh, he had the most championships. No. Uh, Kareem had the same. Oh, but it's tied for the most. No, actually, there's a guy named Bill Russell who had 11. Okay, well, that can't be it then. Uh, he played like he did it the longest. No, it's not even, not even close actually. Oh, I know what it is. He's the greatest scorer ever. Well, kind of, but he's actually fifth on the all-time list and 10,000 points behind the all-time score. Right now, this moment, Dan, there is a bigger gap in points between LeBron and Jordan than Jordan and Paul Pierce. By the end of the season, the gap between LeBron and Jordan will be the same as the gap between Jordan and your guy, Reggie Miller. So it's like, so then the argument just has to be, well, oh, oh, I get it. Was he playing during the toughest era of basketball? Was he just going through super team after super team? It's like, well, no. In the East, he had to go through a Knicks team that had one Hall of Famer to go to the finals against a Blazers team that had one Hall of Famer and then the Suns that had one Hall of Famer and then the Sonics that had one Hall of So it's like, then wait, why is he the universally accepted GOAT? It's like, oh, I don't know, man, but people have always said it. So I guess you had to be there. And so the, the, the LeBron's going to be scoring 30 a night when he breaks this record. That's unfathomable. It's totally unfathomable that he's still one of the eight best players in the league. But, you know, people might look at uh, career average. Jordan's, what, at 30? LeBron's at 27, if that factors in. But I'm, I'm with you yeah. on all of this. LeBron's going to end up in the top five in assists when it's all. Yeah. So the greatest scorer is not a great shooter, and he's going to be one of the top five passers in the history of the game. And it's not compiling. You know, this is, and I'm going to have average 21 a game and, you know, six assists and five Under, rebounds. Well, that's the other important part of it. Maybe at some point he'll get there. But the fact that he's breaking the record when he's arguably playing at a first-team All-NBA level, even I, I'll tell you this, you know, LeBron's got that ad campaign, you know, the LeBron versus Father Time. Yeah. If you watched the first 10 games of the year, I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> I think Father Time finally caught up. Like, it looked like LeBron had shifted from where he was last year to, like, a, a fringe top 25 guy. Then he would miss two weeks, came back. Since he turned 38, Dan, he's averaging 36 points per game. Like he has been since after that was opening two weeks of the season, he's been as good as anybody in the league. And so there's no context for it. But there's I, no I wonder if people look at Jordan and LeBron the way we do Jim Brown versus Emmett Smith. That the yards aren't well, close. Jim Brown was something we had never seen before. Emmett came along and dominated as far as you know career rushing yards. Here's what here's where I would say I I under I think that's a really good comp to a degree. Where I would disagree is if we just went the Jim Brown, if you put Jim Brown and Emmett Smith's careers together and said pick out the five best singular seasons, they'd all be Jim Brown seasons. Right? You know what I mean? If you did that with Jordan and LeBron, it'd go back and forth, back and forth. It's not like maybe you can say Jordan's peak, if you want to argue it, was a touch higher. I don't know. The year LeBron had a 27-game winning streak and almost won Defensive Player of the Year and was one vote away from unanimous MVP was pretty good. But you want to say Jordan's peak was a touch higher, so be it. But it's not substantial. Yeah. And the best seasons for each of those guys can go tit for tat. 
And ultimately, people are going to be like, well, who was the better, you know, let's go age by age. Like, who was the better teenager? Well, Jordan was averaging 13 a game for Carolina, and LeBron was making all-star teams. I guess that's LeBron. (laughs) Who was the better 38-year-old? Well, Jordan was averaging 20 a game for a below 500 Wizards team. LeBron is in the, you know, first-team All-NBA discussion. So, yeah, if we want to say late 20s to 31, Jordan was better. It's close, but fine. But the body of work is so overwhelming it's not going to ultimately it's not going to be an argument yeah people won't entertain that and and i that's where i have a problem with it what is wrong with consistency durability the totality of this why can't he be the greatest player of all time just because you have your memories and you're growing up with michael jordan and we all fell in love with everything it it feels like you know we're we're very begrudgingly acknowledging the greatness of lebron we're seeing the great greatest player of all time in my opinion, right in front of us, but we'll, we're not going to acknowledge it. Maybe after the fact. And it's almost. You know who won't. Sorry. You know who also won't acknowledge it? His God dog GM who gets, comes out and gives a quote. He's like, I'm not going to make a trade unless, you know, it makes us a championship contender. It's like, all right, buddy. So LeBron's playing at a better level than you could have hoped. Anthony Davis is now back. He's playing. He was playing the best of his career. Uh, Russ is actually working in the role he's in. Sure. And the coach has been good. So all those things happen. That your best case scenario, check, 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 check. And you don't think the team's already a contender. Well, why? Because the roster's terrible? Whose job is that, Palenka? I forget. Oh, the guy, so the guy who built the team says the team's not good enough to improve. It's maddening. It's utterly maddening. See, Jordan is Neil Armstrong. That's the problem. He's second. LeBron is second on the moon. Oh, that's, you know what? That's better than the Jim Brown, Emmett Smith thing. I don't know which one of your guys fed you that line, but that's, they, that's yeah. vintage Dan Patrick. Yeah. I mean, that is when don't, you really add your fastball. Don't be hating. That is great. Don't be hating. <laughs> don't be hating. That's, so, but here's, I guess, here's What the, I'm doing the right now I'm, is spitting. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Now you're, I'm, so on that note, here's the, here's the question I would ask people. Right. Who's the, why is Jay-Z the greatest rapper ever? Because he is. And it's because the body of work is so overwhelming, it's impossible to deny. Now, if you want to argue Tupac's best album is better than Jay-Z's, so be it. But he didn't do it long enough. And the thing with Jordan is, Jordan quit twice. He could have. It's not like, oh, nobody played that long. No, Kareem did. Karl Malone did. Those guys played that long. Jordan it left five seasons on the table. That was his choice. So be it. But we can't then be like, well, he would have won all these other titles. We don't know that. What we do know is, as far as who has created the most winning basketball, it's one guy in league history by a mile. And it's also why I think Kareem's the second best player ever. Top three is not bad, Jordan. If you include college in there, Kareem's... Well, if you include college... Kareem's got the greatest basketball life ever. Yes. If you include college, he's the greatest basketball life ever. I like what your wife has done with uh, the house there. Why do you think it's not me? You don't think I'm the one designing this stuff? You can't even cut your hair. I mean, come on. You got no shot. You're better. No shot. You're better than that. Uh, have no fun. shot. Let's have. Yeah, thank you. Let's have dinner soon. Are you going to be? I'll see you at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, have fun with Eric Mangini and his wife. I'm sure it'll be riveting conversation, you know, breaking down. The, I don't appreciate ju- that tone. <laughs> I don't appreciate that tone at all. That's my dear friend, Dan. Don't you do that. Tell I'll your, talk to you later. Tell your wife I said hello. I won't actually be doing that at all. I won't <laughs> yeah. even tell her that I'm on this show today. See you later. All right, buddy. That's uh, Nick Wright. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. 
So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.